Welcome to our humble home. I'm glad you were able to make it. You must be really sympathetic to gnomes. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. This, I know, is the first time you've met us, but we know you humans very well. Anyhow, we gnomes wouldn't hurt a fly, and we try to help our friends when they're in trouble. I think maybe we could help you, too. Three, two, one, zero. Hey, you! Yeah, you! Come here for a minute! I want to talk to you! Bang your head against the wall. Can't find peace of mind, brain needs an overhaul. Bonehead, brain dead, we're all the same. You can't think straight when your heart is in pain. Turn around, hit the ground, time to lay a burden down. The views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Monty Man. Telling you the truth, man, I ain't gonna lie to you. Good guys, bad boys, we're all the same. Saved by grace is the name of the game. Turn around, hit the ground, time to lay your burden down. Woo! Ah, woo! Busy, busy. I'm out of breath. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That was Tom Bosley's voice doing the narration for Dave the Gnome. The beginning of the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, the gnomes. Do you remember that cartoon, Dave no. the Gnome? No, I don't remember it. Well, you mi- you haven't lived. <laughs> <laughs> Not through that. We like to help our friends out. Yeah, that's We creepy. think we can yeah. help you out, too. That's creepy. <laughs> that's creepy. Well, Marv's here. Hi, Marv. Hi, how's it going? I good, good. You guys are crazy. Yeah, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit. Denver's here. I'm here. And our Chia Gnome is here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we got yeah, it's there. So Denver brought me a chia gnome, a naked okay. chia gnome with the chia seeds, and it is now growing a chia beard. Yeah, it's coming in, I guess. <laughs> I like the frog better. We got frog. We got we got Kermit the chia frog. Yeah, he looks better in green. He does. He he well, he got a little fuzzier than the <clears throat> chia gnome. I don't know why. But <laughs> yeah. I thought I Marcia said that I should bring those out here. <laughs> we might not ever know. <laughs> we may not ever know. Yeah. Those are my homie gnomies. We can only pray. <laughs> oh, dokie. Well, welcome to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, uh, one and all. And um, by the way, I just... Where, where is it? I can't find my notes. Oh, there it is. Um, for those of you who have been kind of going through the ringer lately, and I know a lot of people have been... Ding, ding. Thinking that uh, God can't use you and you're you're just such a mess up that, uh, you know, how can God ever forgive you or how can you be used by him again and all that kind of thing. You're beating yourself up. Listen to this. 
These this is in regards to some of the main players in the Bible. Here we go. Eve was gullible. Adam was selfish. Jacob was a cheater. Peter had a temper. David had an affair. Noah was a drunk. Jonah ran from God. Samson was a womanizer. Paul was a murderer. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossiper. Martha had priority issues. Thomas was a doubter. Sarah was impatient. Elijah was moody. Mary Magdalene was a, was a hooker. Moses, uh, he stuttered. Zacchaeus was short. Abraham was old. And Lazarus, well, he was just dead. There you go. Losers. Losers, right? <laughs> well, it just proves that God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Amen. <laughs> right? So you're in good company. You really are. You want to talk about a bunch of people that lived with regrets. And we did a, a, talk, a show on regrets a couple of weeks ago. There's a list for you. And yet... And they made the grade. They made the grade. I mean, they, they, these are the major players. Some of the major players. There's more. But these are some of the major players in, in the Old Testament and New Testament. So if you think that you're beyond, beyond. <laughs> whatever that is. Whatever that is, <laughs> you know. And the only worth you have is to be exiled to the island of gnomes. <laughs> think again. Think again. Uh, God loves you and uh, you need to drop the rock. You just really do. And I know that sometimes it's hard to do. Hey, Denver. Yo. You got a shout-out list there of people that uh, we want to say hi to? I have a phenomenally long list, so let's get started Ooh, here. Yes, do that. Uh, Lisa C., Bob B., Carol P., Marty H., Susan M., Chrissy S., Joseph K., Michael L., L., Michael M., Kristen A., Dave F., Catherine D., uh, Sabrina M., Brandon S., Nick M., Joseph K., J. M., second page is Brian G., TJ, uh, Michael R, Michael H, Andrew H, Keith L, looks like, Ellen K, Kevin M, Th- Thomas L, Ken D, Joe L, Billy A, Judy J, Jeffrey A, and Christopher H. Woo! I'm telling you, that's a list. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, these, these are all people that that uh, responded to my question. Right. We're going to be talking about the, the question Oh, these people all answered that one yes, question? Yes, the question. Huh. I was wondering if anybody answered much on the bangs. My question a while back. No, everybody wanted to ignore that because they were too busy drinking bangs. I don't see any bangs on the desk as well. No, somebody that. did write something about I don't know if they're good or bad, but I'm going to have one. <laughs> <laughs> Go, go figure. So uh, a lot of shout-outs. A lot of people uh, responded yeah. to uh, the question this week on social media, uh, which uh, we're going to be talking about newcomers this week. Last week we talked about old-timers. Been one a couple times. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> a few times. Yeah, yeah. talk about repeat and repeat uh, and retread and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, we're going to be talking about newcomers and some of the things that um, – that that people, when they first walked into the rooms of recovery, what did they hear? What are some of the things they heard that attracted them, that kept them coming back? And perhaps maybe some of the concerns they had, maybe some of the misunderstandings they heard. Uh, this has kind of been inspired by Patrick LeBeau. I was, I was talking to Patrick on the phone the other day, one of our major sponsors. <clears throat> and he said, uh, man, I should like to hear about some of the stuff that goes on in meetings again. You did a whole series on that for a while. Um 
that would be great if we talked about that. And so I thought, well, we just did old timers. Let's do newcomers because we can certainly talk about stuff that goes on in meetings as it relates to newcomers. That is for sure. Maybe I ought to grab that portable mic sometime. Go out on location. On location. Coming up September 29th, by the way. Yes. In Prescott, Arizona. We will be at Hope Fest once again. I'm excited. Yippity doo Marv's going to bring his horse. Ride He's going to ride his horse ride all the way to Arizona. The, I could be that poetry uh, hey, convention going You know on. what? That might be an idea. I, little, I think it'd little, be an awesome idea. <laughs> little promotion. There you are, across the country. <laughs> yeah. Horseback. You might get there a little late. Start early. early. <laughs> Just start early. <laughs> oh, my goodness sakes. All right. Stop so, oh. right there. It's time for Monty Man's Weekly Wine. <laughs> Yes, it is. And boy, do I have one. Oh, boy. I am telling you what. All right. So, once again, social media has blessed us with just the stupidest statement I've ever seen. Well, not ever seen, yeah. but one of the yeah. most <laughs> You better watch that one. So, mm. this this is taped on the window at a school. Some student p- printed this out and taped it on an administrative window. It says, when you interrupt a girl's school day to force her to change clothes or send her home because her shorts are too short or her bra straps are visible, you are telling her that making sure boys have a distraction-free learning environment is more important than her education. Instead of shaming girls for their bodies, Teach boys that girls are not sexual objects. And I'm, I'm, I'm reading this, and I'm thinking to myself, dress appropriately, problem solved. How much simpler can you get? So what, what this is, this is, this is a girl complaining because she was wearing inappropriate clothing. The shorts were too short. Her straps were showing. Whatever was going on, it was inappropriate. And she was told that she needed to go home and change. Well, come on. What, we can wear whatever we want to? Just, you know, we, we can walk around naked if we want to. It's your problem if your tongue's hanging out, not mine. Uniforms, baby. Let's get back to uniforms. That'll solve the problem right there. Denver's going, yeah. Well, I kind of like uniforms. So. Oh, yeah, but you're sick. <laughs> oh, brother. Blue and plat. Never mind. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> but I'm like, really? Seriously? You cannot take responsibility for your own actions. So you're going to, once again, put it on somebody else and say, I don't want to obey the rules. I don't want to follow any kind of guidelines. So I'm going to post this thing that says, quit shaming us girls by telling us we have to dress appropriately and modestly. Let us wear whatever the heck we want to wear or not wear. And if you got a struggle or a problem with it, it's your problem. Did she put her name at the bottom of the- No, she didn't. She was ev- evidently... It's too bad I was going to give you a shout out for making yeah. the radio. She was... <laughs> What do you think about that, Marv? Huh? <clears throat> what do you think? It's a crazy world out there. <laughs> That's all I can say. But you know what? I, I actually observed a similar, uh, not uh, exactly about clothing or anything right? like that, but I was, okay, I'm telling on myself a little bit. I was in Taco Bell. 
right? Yeah. And I'm standing there waiting to make an order. Right. This woman's up at the counter, and she's being very um, uh, crass in her ordering, her body language, her voice. The customer was? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, she acted like she had a real resentment. Okay, <laughs> so I'm, I'm perked up and I'm listening in. You know. Yeah. Well, come to find out, here's what happened. She had ordered something prior to being in there that day, yeah. and had gotten, I believe, <laughs> I believe she said uh, guacamole uh-huh. or something on something. Right. She ended up in the hospital. Oh. Oh, no. And (laughs) evidently she had told whoever the cashier was she didn't want guacamole, but she got it anyway. But my point is uh, neither right nor wrong either way, but this gal knows she has this problem and she doesn't look at what she's going to eat. Right. Before she puts it in her mouth. And she's blaming Taco Bell, and and she says, you guys are going to pay for my hospital stay. Oh, Lord. You know? So kind of, sort of, that's... Yeah, it's it's not taking responsibility for your own life, body, actions, whatever, and shifting the blame onto somebody else. And don't you know we do that really well, and we do it a lot. I I like Mark's term, resentment. Yeah, resentment, big time. (laughs) (laughs) That was nicely... Uh, picked. <laughs> yeah, because I'll, t- I'll tell you what, if you go to Taco Bell, and listen, I managed two Taco Bells in Oakland, California, in the pit. I'm talking guns blazing, right? Right. And there was a time in Taco Bell, at least in California, I mean, it was sweep and mop every 15 minutes. The places were spotless. The orders were right. You dressed appropriately. You were professional. I mean, they were tough on you. And PepsiCo owned our franchise. Um, but I come up here in Oregon. Not only are they dirty and 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 understaffed, and that's not that's not the staff's fault. That's not even middle management's fault. That's the mother company saying you got to keep food costs at a certain percentage. You got to keep labor costs. At certain, and we don't care how busy you are. You better not go over that. And that puts the people behind the counter that are waiting on us in a very bad position. But I'll tell you, if you're expecting to get your order right at Taco Bell in Albany, Oregon, over by, what's that, uh, West Albany High School, forget it. You just need to know right now, I'm telling you from KHLT Recovery Broadcasting Studios, you take your order into your own hands and risk it. And get if your food and go. I am telling you, first of all, you're going to wait in that drive through line for an hour because they're understaffed, and then you're going to get somebody else's order. I promise you. <laughs> but it can be kind of a grab bag. It can be kind of fun, right? You might wonder just, what's in my bag. You might just get guacamole. You, you And you might be allergic <laughs> to you it. You might be allergic to it. Check it before you put it in your mouth. If you've got food allergies, please look at what you're eating. Yeah. <laughs> Don't eat in the dark. And if you're being subjected by roaming eyes from the guys at school and you are highly offended... Put some clothes on. Gee, Willikers. Well, it's-
it's about time. <laughs> For some good Ooh. news, I think. Really? Hooray! Yippee! Something positive. Hooray! <laughs> Zippity doodah! Yippee! Yay! <laughs> I know where the bangs went. <laughs> she still got to do the bangs. We're all out of bangs. Um, yeah, so some really, really cool things happened uh, this week. Uh, some of the guys from Celebrate Recovery here in Albany came over and <clears throat> replaced our roof on the patio out here, outside of the studio, and the gutter system and the whole nine yards. And we've been here for 15 years and haven't replaced that thing because I can't get up on a ladder like that. And so I mentioned it to to Butch, the leader at Celebrate Recovery, and he went, well, let's go fix it now. So he grabbed a bunch of guys. Ryan was one of them. Mm-hmm. Came out here, and it was an all-day affair with uh, bad pizza and guys burping well, and gassing all through the job. But they got it done, and and that's that's a win, man. That's a win. Pretty nice. It yeah, is really yeah. nice. Yeah, Excellent. you bet. So I'm really really appreciate appreciative of that. All right. So uh, you guys got anything to whine about or win about? Any winning, whining, waning, waxing? I'm going to take it easy this week. i got to get back on the bandwagon, though, because there's plenty to whine about. Yeah, right? Yeah. Bring I it on. I just haven't felt like whining. Yeah. I don't know. You need to slap you around a little bit. Something. <laughs> Something. Marv, everything good? Everything rotten? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <clears throat> Actually, everything's okay. Okay, good. Good enough, good enough. All right, all right. We'll be back right after this. Turn around, hit the ground, time to lay your burden down. Mom and Dad used to argue about everything, especially about Dad's drinking. It drove me crazy. It got so bad, I couldn't do my homework. I couldn't concentrate. I absolutely refused to let any of my friends come to our house for any reason. I would have been humiliated if anyone found out how much my dad drank and how loud my mom screamed at him. My family went from totally crazy to quiet, calm, and even peaceful. The only thing that happened is my mom started going to Al-Anon family groups. Her relationship with my dad really changed. I asked mom if she would take me to her Al-Anon meetings or to Alateen. I wanted to see if I could have a better relationship with my dad. I'm sure glad I did. If someone's drinking troubling you, you might be surprised at what you can learn in an Al-Anon or Alateen family group from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-AL-ANON or go to alanon.org. And now, back to those crazy guys and the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Welcome back. I think we got some trivia. Cecil will introduce. I'm almost positive. Okay, okay, everybody. You're really in for a treat. The Monty Man and I, well, we've been doing a little research. And by little, I mean small people research. To be more specific, We've been researching the magnificent world of the gnomes. Oh, man. <laughs> so just for you, we have gnome trivia. 
<laughs> to see how much you really know. <laughs> oh, so take it away, the Monty Gnome. I mean, man. Sorry, Monty Man. The Monty Man. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. What am I going to do with you, Denver? <laughs> Way right. too late. Way too late. If you get it right. I'm praying I get it wrong. Get a gnome horn. Get it wrong, get a gnome fluff. <laughs> you get three in a bonus. I don't know if I can get through this or it's not. It's going to be long, isn't it? Long. <laughs> Which number one? Which of these statements about gnomes is true? Gnomes can can grow to seven feet tall. Um, true gnomes, true gnomes <laughs> are actually clean shaven. Or gnomes live underground. Which one of these is true, Denver? I want to know where you got your. Quote, facts. <laughs> I had very close uh, contacts with the world of gnomes. Uh, trolls probably grow tall, but I'm going to go with seven-foot uh, gnomes. Are you? Yeah. Right. Is that hat included? Probably not. Well, yeah, it would be. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. If that would, would to be true, I'll tell you why. What do you think, dear? I'm going to go with underground <coughs> Well, Marv, you're correct. Oh, good, Marv. I'm glad you know that. Gnomes actually live underground. Uh, unbeknownst to a lot of people, um, they don't actually live above ground. They come out and play around and protect and are guardians of the yard and the garden, but they actually sleep and live and hibernate below ground. Kind of like moles? Nothing like moles. <laughs> kind of like moles. Moles aren't real. Huh. <laughs> that one out in the yard says yeah. <laughs> yeah, gnomes are described as being small in stature and living underground. They're often linked to dwarves and trolls. They're distant cousins. Gnomes live to be about 400 years old. Good news for you, Denver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, good news. Okay, number two, according to folklore, gnomes are the guardians of hidden what? Hidden images, hidden eggs, or hidden treasure. What do you think, Marv? Hidden treasure. What do you think, well, yeah, we got. We're not guarding the eggs, aren't you? No, that's for the hens. Uh, okay, you guys are right. <laughs> Gnomes are said to hoard secret knowledge as well as hidden treasures. Mythologically speaking, there are several types of gnomes. These are forest, woodland, garden, dune, house gnomes. Farm gnomes and suburban gnomes. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'm speechless. All right, number three. Um, okay, where were garden gnomes first created? Garden gnomes. The garden. Now. The garden. Oh, very good. Uh, Peru, Russia, or Germany? What do you think? There, Marv. Germany. Germany. Oh, definitely Germany. Yes, you guys are correct. <laughs> <laughs> First garden gnomes were made from clay in Germany in the 1800s. They were first introduced to England by Sir Charles Isham. 
in the mid-1800s when he brought 21 of them home from a visit to Germany and placed them around his gardens. They probably stole the idea from gothic-looking uh, creatures. Hey, Denver. Yes. I just figured out we know more about gnomes, gnomes. than what we think we know. Yeah, I'd, I'd, rather not have, I'd rather have not known that. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, actually, uh, Sir Charles Isham doesn't have as many gnomes as the Monty Man has. Mm. I, have, I have 28. That could be, that could be had. That could be had. Keep your, uh, 28. Keep your count careful. Yeah, well, we have, video, we have video cameras rolling 24-7. Um, all right, and here's your bonus question. What do garden gnomes always wear? Always wear. Now, these are authentic ones now, not necessarily your store bar- bought it, you know, the Circle K gnome. Uh, do they always wear leather and lace, pointy hats, or lederhosen? Oh, geez. I, leather and lace. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That was my weird voice, too. Yeah, I know it was. Lederhosen. Lederhosen? What do you say, Denver? Uh, they need to cover their heads, so I would go with uh, the pointy hats. Yeah, sorry, Marv. Oh, man. Yeah, it is It is uh, pointy hats. Uh, the cap is usually, but not always, red. Garden gnomes are usually dressed in bright colored clothing, but always wear caps. So so here's here's a question about the caps and why they're pointy. You know why they're pointy? Because they're no cone clue. heads. <laughs> because the gnome's head is yeah, pointed. They're cone heads. They're cone heads. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's not See, because I, they're just pointed. Yeah. Um, huh? I figured uh what do you call it? Uh what what did I answer? Niederhose. Yeah. German. I figured that because... Of the it, Germany thing? Of the descent. Yeah. yeah. Some do. I was with the leather and lace. But well, I don't see a lot of gnomes dressed in... And, and by the way, you, you have a new Facebook page. I do. <clears throat> yeah. Tell the listeners about your new Facebook page. Uh, I haven't pursued it very far yet. I just got it up. Uh, it's Simply Strapped, which is the leather business that uh, I play, right. play with, a little hobby business. And... Uh, Probably you'll be seeing some more photos pop up on there. Yeah, so I've liked it. So you can go to my Facebook page if you want to, Take 12 Radios, and you can go to Denver's and and like it. And you can buy belts, and and there's dog Dog collars. collars. What else you got? Not much leather and lace yet. Right. But we'll be working on it. But this is high-quality stuff. This isn't just like your store-bought pet supply place. These are – like if you buy a belt – from simply strap, you're going to have the belt. Probably, you're going to be buried in it. You're right? going to you're <laughs> going to have it a, a long, long time. I always like to tell people that if you needed to, you could tow your car home with it, and if it stretches, I'll give you one for free. Ooh, I like that. It they're a beautiful belt. They just last. Yeah, and the dogs love them. Uh, they what? can't they can't get out of them. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, there there you go. There's a uh, little gnome music there. Excellent music. As the gnomes saunter out of the studio and back into the garden. <laughs> What's the topic? <laughs> New gnomers. I mean, newcomers. Newcomers. <laughs> Excellent. Newcomers. All right. 
So, um, you know, some of the things that newcomers experience, um, and I'm not talking about the retread newcomer here. I'm talking about the guy who's really new. He's never been to a 12-step support meeting or any kind of thing like that at all. This is he's Maybe he's court-ordered. Maybe he walked through because he's just decided he needs to do something different with his life. Maybe he's being pressured to go by the little woman or the husband. Who knows why, but there is a plethora. Can I say that word? Plethora? Yes, you can. Of Usually. reasons. <laughs> yes. Of reasons why people walk through the doors of recovery support meetings, right? Never. Yeah, Lots of reasons. Yeah, I've right? been a couple times for different reasons. Um, there, there is, uh, there is a statement that you hear sometimes that say, you know, if you don't want to be here, why are you here? Well, I don't know anybody that woke up one morning and said, this is what I really want to do today. Most of us were nudged in that direction through an event, maybe our own behavior, maybe the nudge of a judge, maybe somebody, whoever, maybe we came like Marv intending to fix somebody else and ended up staying. Right, Marv? Right. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason you came, some of the things that are very common for newcomers to experience is fear, right? Fear of the unknown. I mean, I don't even like, I mean, and I'm a social person, but a brand new environment of people and I'm by myself and I walk into that, that's kind of unnerving. Just in a healthy environment. Like if I go to show up, I get invited to somebody's wedding, and I don't know anybody there, but I go to pay my respects, that's uncomfortable. And if you're coming to a meeting without your so-called best friend, which would have been the bottle, <laughs> right, you're, right. you're a little already on edge about the you're whole thing. You're on edge anyway. And if you come with your best friend... <laughs> it's double. Yeah, double. it's double. You double know, trouble. You know, we're looking... Okay, where's the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> Awkward moments. Right. Um, so, so, so fear can be involved, apprehension, um, anxiety, anxiety. Oh, <laughs> you know, especially if all the chairs near the, near the door are being taken, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> you walk in, you go, Oh no, I've got to go to the front. And you got some old lady in the corners waving, come over here, honey. I got a seat for you. And she's way over there in the corner. And you're like, oh, my God, what have I done? Because you know once you sit in that corner opposite the exit, you ain't going nowhere. It's a long way. It's a way. Because it's anxiety thinking about getting up and leaving. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, God, I hope they have a smoke break. Please, God. And then the the announcement comes from whoever's chairing the meeting. We have no smoke breaks in this meeting, and then the sweat just starts pouring <laughs> down your face. Um, so, so there's that stuff going on, and and then there there's a thing where you you go in there and oh no, she's here, or he's here. I wasn't expecting them to be here for whatever reason maybe it's an ex maybe it's some maybe it's an employer maybe it's someone you don't want to know that you're there too late too late eyes have met eyes <laughs> and there you are um so there's a whole bunch of different things that goes on uh some people are really glad they came some people are just they're so done they're like god finally i walked through this door amen 
there are people that that feel that way, and they they're just kind of on they're on a kind of a pink cloud because they they're not drinking and using. Today is a safe day. They're with a bunch of bunch of people they can identify with. They already know that because they've heard the stories, and they're happy to be there. There's all sorts of things that people go through. Well, the question I asked on social media was, when you were a newcomer to the rooms of recovery, what were some of the things that you heard that kept you coming back? And what were some of the things you heard that caused you concern? Uh, Denver? What were some of the things you heard that kept you coming back? <clears throat> it... Did you hear anything your first few days? My first attempt was court mandated. Yeah. And uh, that didn't, you know, I went to three or four and I didn't like it. I really wasn't ready. You so, wouldn't have liked it if they served your favorite dessert it wouldn't, and everything it else, wouldn't, right? It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. I wasn't ready and I didn't want to be there. So unless your heart's in it, you know, you're not going to receive anything. Mm. So, and then... Uh, I always say this. I I heard when I started attending really dogmatic things over and over, and I said, "Oh God, I'm so tired of hearing that." <laughs> you and were tired it, of hearing it the second meeting, right? <laughs> and then and then you get down a little farther into the meat and potato of the program, and you're still hearing it. And then pretty soon, I find myself thinking about it, and then I'm saying it. And ah. they were important. They were important things to hear. You know, keep the plug in. The, just really basic stuff. The platitudes that you thought, oh, do I have to listen to this again, again ended up becoming your friend y- yeah. sometimes. They, yeah. were, they were good to repeat to yourself and laugh. And go, right. Oh, my goodness. That's true. I'm so one of you. Right. You know, farther down right. the program. <clears throat> so, yeah. 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 And we know you came in because you were coming in. To, yeah, I was a good guy. You were the good I guy. Supporting my she was a horse's patootie. Yeah, I don't need any yeah, help. I don't go. need no help. <laughs> yeah, but surprise, surprise. And that, then the old timer came up to you. Go, you're not fooling me, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of. I'm one of you. Oh man. Um. So w- when I my first two meetings were in Stockton, California, and I went to I went to my first one. And I sat out in the parking lot just sweating bullets. Not because I was detoxing or anything. I was just, I didn't know what, what to expect. What got you there? I mean, what, why'd you go that first time? Um, I, I, I knew, I just had it in my gut that I, I needed to go to AA. I, I, nobody told me I had to or anything like that. But I, I knew my drinking, I, I couldn't stop drinking. And the only thing I'd ever heard of, you know, in today's world, we're, we hear all sorts of Self-help, recovery yeah. methods. Self-help and, books everywhere. You know, we got CR, we got smart recovery, we got rational recovery, we got AA, we got NA, we got all sorts of treatment facilities. The only thing we had in Stockton, California, was a hospital that detoxed you for a few days and then sent you on your way. And then there was Alcoholics Anonymous. The only thing I knew of that even had the word alcoholic in it was from watching television. And I knew that I probably was like that guy, you know, and Alcoholics Anonymous. I didn't know any place else to go. So I just went. Later, I would be court ordered. <laughs> <laughs> that was coming. That was coming, but but not yet. So I, I, I'm outside this, and I think it was an Allen Oak Club or something in Stockton, but they had this little meeting room that was narrow and long, 
and you could barely get by the people that were sitting on either side of the table. That's how narrow it was. And at the very end of the room was this broken fan stuck in this broken window because it was all overgrown with blackberry bushes coming through the window. And it was hot. Stockton is in the San Joaquin Valley in California. Uh, In the summer, it can be very hot. And people were smoking cigarettes and cigars. It looked like a teacher's lounge in there. You could see clouds floating, but you couldn't see people. I mean, (laughs) it was really horrible as far as the smoke goes. And I smoked, and it bothered me. Um, but I knew I needed to be in there and I walked in and this little old guy, and I mean, he was little and he was old. He looks at me, your first gnome, my first gnome. right? (laughs) And he says to me, are you a drug addict? Just like that. And I said, I don't know what I am. And he said, you're in the right place. And he took my hand, and he says, you can sit right here. And I was like, wow. And for the first time in a long time, I felt like I belonged somewhere. That was my very first experience. It was years later, I heard people say, are you a drug addict? But it wasn't for the same reason. They were were trying to determine whether you deserve to be there or not. This guy didn't care. And um, and so so the next day, they didn't have a meeting there the next day. So I liked it so much that I decided to go to this other meeting on the other side of town. And I had a T-shirt on that had a fish on it, you know, like an ichthus, a like Christian fish. Yeah. Right. And I walked into the room and I wasn't in there more than five minutes. And this gal looks at me and she goes, we don't like Jesus freaks in AA. I said, OK. I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, your T-shirt. And I looked at my T-shirt. I went, all right, bye. <laughs> it's just a T-shirt for kind of that. How does she know I didn't get it at Goodwill or something? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and I chalked, I had enough, I had enough brains in my head to realize that perhaps I was given a gift to to see both sides of this thing. So I wouldn't be surprised in the future because when you're dealing with people, you're going to have both sides. Oh, yeah. And I had a choice. So I went back to the first one the next day. And I kept going back to the first one. I kept sitting next to this old guy and we became friends. I don't even remember his name. But um, I remember that room and I remember that day. And I remember he didn't care. He just knew that he knew in his gut I was in the right place. Like that guy knew in his gut that you were one of them, Mark. Right? Yeah. Austin was his name. Was it? You remember his name. I don't remember this guy's name for the life of me. But I remember old Norm reminded me of this guy because he was kind of like that. You know, he was kind of, hey, I'm just glad you're here, man. Um, so here's some of the, the responses. Uh, Lisa said sincere, uh, what, she, what she remembers is sincere concern from others for me, even though they didn't even know me. That's kind of how I felt with this guy uh, when I first went. Bob says, uh, bring the body and the mind will follow. That's something that stuck out to him. Bring the body mm, and the mind will I like follow. That. Yeah, I do, I do too. Uh, Caroline Preston, our friend Caroline Preston said, uh, <clears throat> keep coming back. She she loved hearing that. She says, it's been a very long time since I've been told this, though. So she where she's, she's in Texas. She's, she hasn't heard that in a while. Uh, Marty, Marty, the one-man party. Hey, Marty. 
he's a good friend of Take Twelve. <laughs> he's a good friend of Take Twelve Radios. He said, "When I went to my first meeting, I was still active in my addiction, so I didn't hear anything." <laughs> I love honesty. Thank you, Marty. Isn't it great? <laughs> when I completed my ninety-day rehab is when I started listening. Um, and then, then what he heard that stuck out to him was, "Can't keep what I have unless I give it away." Um, unfortunately, Susan M. She says it was absolutely awful. I was thirteenth stepped, and for those of you who don't know what that means, she was inappropriately approached. Hit on, in, hit on. She was hit on, yeah, yeah, by a crazy married man. My sponsor and her <laughs> husband ran the group. No one else got to do anything at all. No one even got to read how it works. I had to get away from them to remain sober. And she goes on to share that she found another meeting. There you go. Right? Yeah. That's make, what I did. They, they I went back. To, yeah. Yeah. Don't don't not go. I mean, it's that way with church, synagogue, rotary club, boy scout, whatever it is. If you don't like it, there's enough of these things going around. Find another one. Yeah. Uh so good for her. Uh Joseph K says, "Do ninety meetings in ninety days. It's not for you. Uh, it it's not for you. Will gladly refund your misery." Um, that yeah. one stuck out to him. Uh, if you want what we have and do what we do, if you don't want what we have, uh, we have. Don't worry, you won't get it. Yeah, don't worry, you won't get it. Something like that. Uh, Michael L says, "I saw that people there were sober." I thought, "Wow, the simplicity in that." Walks in, he goes. These people are sober. That kind of tells me that maybe Michael had been associating with people that weren't. <laughs> maybe, right? Um, my friend Mike M um, from the Dallas area says, "If I can't, if I can do it, then so can you." Is what stuck out to him. He says personal testimonies gave him hope. Uh, the thing that didn't make sense to him, though, was believe in anything stronger than yourself, a higher power, even a doorknob. This actually kept me away. I'm stronger than a doorknob, and it just didn't add up. The thing that's interesting about that, I know this gentleman, and it kept him away, and he struggled for years. So sometimes you gotta you got to move past a platitude and take a little deeper. You Sometimes know. we want to hang on to that platitude, as right. you say. That's a great excuse not to go. That's a great excuse not to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so be careful about that. If you hear something that you don't like, welcome but to the real world. Don't latch on to it too hard. <laughs> right? So you, you hear things you don't like all the time, right, Marv? Yes, I do. You see things. You see people texting while they're driving, and you can't get in the parking lot. And, <laughs> you know, But you don't not drive. Right. <laughs> Have you ever had food poisoning at a restaurant? Uh, years ago. Okay. Did you stop going to restaurants? No, sir. Yeah, me either. <laughs> right? Denver? I've ever? never had food poisoning. Ever had a bad experience at church? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, AA church. Uh, like you said, you mingle people in there. I'm going to have yeah. a bad experience. Did you stop going to church? Uh, sometimes. Yeah? Yeah. But, and, you, but, but it hasn't been no. cut out of your life completely. No, no, right? no. I, I, you find another one. Right. Yeah. Right. Um... Chrissy says, it's a personal program. Do what we do. Get what we got. Keep coming back, even if your pants are on fire. I saw a room uh, fall off happy physically while looking up. I'm not sure what that meant. But she says, keep coming back, even if your pants are on fire. I like that. Uh, Chrislyn says, I didn't 
hear anything at the first meeting. I, I was all over the place. The thing I remember <laughs> is phone lists and the ones who welcomed you and talked to you before and after the meetings. They made me feel important. Uh, our friend Dave Fleming said, um, uh, it works if you work it is what, and it sucks if you don't. Um, his concern, however, is that you can't introduce yourself as an addict alcoholic. But he he doesn't not go though. I mean, it's just something he doesn't like. Um, uh, wait a minute. Why why is why is that? Why does he not like that? No. Why can't he introduce himself? As a, I mean, uh, well, they in our group, it's it's changed a lot though. I think there was a time when there were people in AA that didn't want you to say the word addict. But yeah, hasn't but, that changed a lot? Yeah, but. This is now right, right. But okay, he's not from maybe here. I, yeah, I'm. He's not from here. He moved here about two years ago. A or couple something. years ago, yeah. Yeah, so he may have come from an area where that was frowned upon. Oh, you know. Um, well, it is controversial. It is controversial. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it, so <clears throat> one of the things that newcomers need to understand, and we were talking when I, like I said, I was talking to Patrick Laveau about this uh, about different things that that newcomers. It's good for them to know is look at um, if, if you're walking in the rooms of a 12 step support meeting, i.e. Alcoholics Anonymous uh, in today's world and you're not welcomed with, you know, a handshake or glad you're here. Don't don't not go back. It People have off days. Groups have off days. I know that. Go back. One of the reasons they say 90 meetings in 90 days, one of the reasons is because you can't make a judgment call the first couple times you go. You just can't. You're probably going there with some preconceived ideas anyway. Give it a chance. Ruminate on it a little bit. Go back. Check out here here in Albany, for instance. Golly, there's, there's more meetings than there's population of people. I mean... Group one has what four meetings a day? Yeah. Three, three, uh, sometimes yeah. four if they have a candlelight. Wednesday, Wednesdays, right? So, women's meeting, right? So you know, find a meeting, just just keep going, and then there's lots of different meetings in the valley um, as well. Um, let's see here. Uh, this was interesting. Catherine says uh, you never have to drink again. Is what stuck out to her. I asked someone to sponsor me, and they said they could could not, and pointed out people in the room that I should not ask, saying that they will tell you all your secrets. In other words, they're not going to keep your anonymity. Needless to say, it took me a few years to get a sponsor and eight years to actually work the steps. By the book, she put in capital letters. I would suggest that everyone follow our big book. That is the only way the insanity will leave us. Happy, joyous, and free 15 <clears throat> years now. God bless you and your family, Monty Man. Love the gnomes. <laughs> yeah, Did you add that? Had to read that one. No, she didn't write that. What were you going to say, Mark? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, uh, and that, that last statement, bless her heart, I don't disagree with it. But one of the things about, I think people uh, that's got a few months or more in the program. Right. Are, uh, really, a lot of times, not very sensitive to the newcomer. And the reason I say that 
is exactly what she says, by the book. Right. Well, you get new people in a room and you start hammering on the table and and being a big book thumper. Right. Uh, what good does that do? Because most newcomers on their first meeting, when they leave, they don't remember what's been said to start with, but they'll remember that. Yeah, they'll remember they'll re- the harsh. They'll remember that. And you can present that the big book is 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 our basic text. This is what we go by. This is this is the program. You can present that in a compassionate, loving, positive way, and be very effective. But you don't have to bash somebody over the head with it, right? We, we complain all the time about Bible thumpers, right? You hear that in yeah. meetings, and yet we're bashing people with the big book. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, another thing I got on my mind that. Uh, actually, uh, in the last couple of years, has occurred to me. Uh, I'm not sure the validity of it, but newcomers that come in the room um, invariably are going to express shortly after their first meeting or something right. that they they're not worth anything. You bet. So one of the things I like to do, if I can, is let them know. If you you know if you don't remember anything else, you are of value, right? And I don't think that that's uh, that kind of concept is is said enough in meetings. Um, you know, when I first came into meetings, um, uh, there was some pretty rough old timers, right? And uh, you know, sit down, shut up type attitude, yeah, and stuff like that. And really, I kind of look back on it, and and uh, and I guess that's okay. I, there's a part where uh, this tough love and all that, but like you said a minute ago, that compassion and in a loving way is important. But people don't think they're worth a crap when they come in there. That's right, Marv. And what we discover is that God loved us even when we were out there raising hell. That's right. That's and, right. And to me, that's important for those people to understand, try yeah. to hear that, you know. I am. I'm so glad you bring that up. Um, and, and there's there's many more comments here. We don't have time to read them all. And I want to thank everybody that that uh, responded. Uh, it's very valuable, uh, the, the response that you gave us. Um, but, but I really want to echo what you're saying, because if we are going by the book, then let's go by the book. And I have never found anything in the big book that would suggest that we treat people harshly, ever. Now, I have seen things like we're hard on ourselves, right? That's a statement. But that has to do with me. Um, we, If someone doesn't want to do this, we move on to somebody else that does. I see that, but that doesn't, doesn't mean we shame them. And... You know, this this mindset of sit down and shut up, you don't have nothing to say. I'm sorry. That kind of temperament doesn't help anybody. And people say, well, it helped me. Did it? Because you're just as grumpy as the person you described that talked to you. And you don't have anything I want. You know, now I'm not suggesting we suggesting that we pat people on the butt and, you know, oh, it's okay. It's not okay. If you go back out, it's not okay. But we don't need to tear into them like they're this evil entity or something 
Because if we, when we do that, first of all, we are forgetting from whence we came. And secondly, we don't understand powerlessness. We may think we do because we've been around the rooms for years. But if we don't have compassion on the guy who can't put the plug in the jug, we don't understand powerlessness. We think he has power just because he walked in the door. And he didn't have any more power than I do. You say, Demer? Oh, I just, uh, I always have to put myself, uh, my daily inventory is put myself back to the beginning. Yeah. Of, and remember that, uh, you know, some people are, are not even, they're just beginning their journey. Right. And, that, and that's tough to do, you know? It is. It, it, sometimes you get frustrated with them. It's like, don't you get this? Just get it. But it, right. I, I just, I always remind myself, especially if I feel like me getting heated at somebody, and I work with uh, students through the program I'm at. Sure. Uh, I got to remind myself, geez, Denver, remember where you were at? Yeah. Uh, just a short time ago. So, recovery comedian Mark Lundholm makes this statement, and boy, does it resonate with me. He says, when I walked into the, to the rooms of recovery, you could have crushed me with a word. Hmm. I don't care if you want to say that's, somebody, that's somebody's fault, they're too sensitive. The fact is, it is the truth with so many people. We've been chewed up and spit out. Okay, so what? Maybe it was of our own doing. The fact is, you can crush that guy with a word if you're not careful. You could be responsible for putting him, for six, a lot. For putting him six foot under. Yeah, for a lot. You know, we, we get so wrapped up in, are we following the traditions properly? Are we voting Robert's Rules of Order? Are we... Are we saying the right words like, I mean, oh, my God, did, did that guy say he was an addict you know, or, or whatever? Are we sharing properly? And we get lost in, in the rhetoric that we forget to show love and compassion and tolerance. What's the big book say? Love and tolerance is our code. That, that's, that's the basis to what we're doing here. We're trying to help people connect and, and, and develop a relationship with their creator. And then we're spewing stuff that is less than, than compassion. Now you now being loving doesn't necessarily mean that you, you're not firm. There is a place for being firm, but there's a difference between being firm and being harsh. You know, and 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 we're talking about people that are brand spanking new. We're not talking about people that have been sitting around the meetings for three years and they're not willing to do the work. And maybe you need to talk to them and say, hey, if you want to save your life, let's get real here. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about people who are brand new. Right. <clears throat> and if they see and, you know, it's just <clears throat> like a child that watches mom or dad treat mom or dad harshly. They grow up to be that person. If if a person's brand new in a meeting and they're watching people treat each other like this, if they don't have any basic life skills, if they if they've been inebriated for years and now this is their first time with some clarity and that's what they see, people act what they learn. And they're gonna become that person. We we gotta Marv, we got a heavy responsibilities as people that have been in the rooms for a while. Well, and that brings to mind something I heard a couple of days ago in a meeting 
that bothered me, and I'm still thinking about it, but I'm going to lay it out here. Uh, a woman came in the meeting mm-hmm. that I'd never seen before, which doesn't mean anything, but uh, she had a substantial amount of time she was celebrating, okay? Right. And, and uh, hey, that's neat, you know? And then they, she starts talking. Yeah. And the, almost the very first words out of her mouth were, well, you know, the reason I don't come to uh, these meetings, he says, AA has been watered down so much, and I just got sick and tired of it. And the very first thing that came to my mind is, wait a minute. If old-timers quit going to meetings because they're watered down, who's going to keep AA in the meetings? <laughs> who's going to keep AA from being watered down? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very true. So, and I'll tell you the truth. I was telling somebody, oh, I said it in a meeting. I get tired of going to meetings. I sure. really do. Yeah. And it's like you said last week on the program, you know, you go, or maybe it was off the air, I can't remember. Right. Uh you go to the same meeting for 20 years, you're going to get resentments. Yeah. You know, well, that's true. Yeah. And But the reason I keep going back is because there's a small, very small, t- and I'm very socially inept. I have a hard time with groups of people. Uh-huh. And, but a small chance that I may be able to help somebody. Yeah. And I go back, and I go back, and I go back, and I see all these things that, in my mind, um, are uh, watered down AA. But I think to myself, no, I got to keep going back. Mm. There's a reason, right? Uh, Wait, Bruce, Bruce used to drive this home all the time. He used to say. If you've had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, your job now is to go to the fellowship to find out where you can be a maximum service to God and the people he puts in your life. That's your job. So, I mean, I I would say to Bruce, I'm not getting spiritually fed. He just started laughing. He goes, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to be feeding. (laughs) You go somewhere else to get spiritually fed. You come here to feed. You come here to see where you can be of help, where you can be of assistance, you know, um, I, I go to a meeting on Tuesday nights and sometimes it's like, really again. Yeah. And then invariably somebody will say something or come up to me or something like that. Usually at my lowest point where I'm like, yeah, I am not coming here next week. (laughs) And someone will say something. They'll, They'll go, wow, I am really glad to see you. I was hoping you'd be here. I <laughs> just for the support. I mean, you know, how can you say no to that? So I might think my question for somebody like her, what's she doing coming and getting a coin? And I don't get it. Right. Yeah. You didn't come here and whine about this, but boy, you're going to, you're going to eat their cake. Yeah. <laughs> so closing encouragement for the newcomer. <laughs> Once again, dogmatic. Keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing I think about also is, um, and it's really, it's along the same lines as what you just talked about, but 
for the newcomer for your first time in the room, when you go in there and sit down, remember one thing is things aren't really the way they seem. Mm. Because we always have this preconceived idea along with all our character defects and shortcomings that go with it. And our perceptions and things just aren't the way they seem. No, they're not. I don't know if I got this right, but I saw a saying the other day on somebody's wall, and it basically said, uh, don't believe the first thing your mind tells you. Oh, that's good, right? (laughs) Don't believe it. Yep, yep, good deal. All right. Um, Denver's going to tell you how you can listen to the show, the different ways you can listen to the show here in just a second. But uh, coming up uh, this Wednesday... Uh, is the directors for the uh, one of the Teen Challenge Centers in Arizona. They're going to be sharing. It's a man and wife team um, on the Victory Report. And then Friday we have Entitled to Overcome with uh, Certified Alcohol and Drug Counselor Level 2, Dave Fleming and myself. Um, the following week we'll, be, we'll come back uh, with Monday's show here. And then on the 9th, uh, Kirsten, who is a life coach, uh, she's written a book called In Sickness and in Silence, The Trials and Triumphs of My First Year as a Recovering Addict's Mom. It is a stellar book. It's a small book. It's an easy read. But there's a lot of books out there of people that have been doing this stuff for a long time. And I mean, This is her first year as a recovering <coughs> addict's mom. And all the questions that she's gone through. This book will, if you re, if you go to Amazon and type in In Sickness and in Science, you can read my review. This book, if you are a parent of an alcoholic or an addict, will help you not feel alone. Hmm. You, will, you will say to yourself, wow, there are other people out here with the same questions I have and the same frustrations. And here she is, a life coach, and she's dealing with some of this stuff like it's brand new for her. And uh, she's very transparent. So look forward to that. That's on uh, Wednesday the 9th here at Take 12 Recovery Radio. How can they listen to the show, Denver? Oh, yeah. Q time. <laughs> time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's start with this. You can listen and download to any of our shows by going to Take12Radio.com uh, and click, click on Follow Me on Podomatic. Once there, you can download our app for Android or iOS. You can comment on our shows, love us or hate us. We'd love to hear from you. You can also listen to the shows on our YouTube channel. Simply go to Take12Radio.com and click the YouTube icon. And if you'd like to send us your email, our email address is Take12Radio at Comcast.net. That will be Take12Radio at Comcast.net. Very good. Marv, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Denver, thank you. Thank you, Monty. Yeah. All right, and remember, if you're new... Keep coming back. Just... (laughs) Do it. Just do it. Put one foot in front of the other and walk back in the door. Suit up and show show up and suit up. And listen, if you've been around a while and you're becoming a grumpy old man, be the change you want to see in other people. Hallelujah. You be the change. Our closing song is called Friend of Bills by Michael Purrington.
like I'm nowhere I know I'd where to go Nobody knows me The way that you do You're part of me We are 
That is our very good friend, Mr. Michael Purrington. Hey, listen, if you are a newcomer, if you've just walked into the rooms of recovery and you hear the slogan, 90 meetings in 90 days, please understand what we're really trying to convey to you is you can't make a fair judgment call on something by going to it one time. If you have an uncomfortable feeling and it's your first meeting, you're probably supposed to be a little uncomfortable. It's a new situation. Don't give up on it, please. Don't judge the meeting by its cover. Open the book. Open the book. Until next time, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 kitty.